0: G'day, listeners, we did oh, it. Snap. I was trying to
1: beat you. <laughs>
0: Talked over the top of each other at the same time. That's that's a pretty cool level of synchronicity, Coxie.
1: Imagine our listeners' ears after that little bit of... Ugh. Bleeding. Sorry, listeners. Hello and welcome to the Tradies and Business podcast.
0: That's a wonderful introduction way better than my stupid good morning thing and then I go oh well is it morning or afternoon where are you listening and what time
1: I know it gets really confusing I get tripped up every time we try to start I think should we even do this bit let's just go straight into the episode
0: let's try that next time we will even though I could edit all of that out on this one (laughs) let's not do that because it's against our policy here at tradies in business to edit Mm -hmm. our podcast episodes and make them slick
1: we are an edit-free zone. You get what you're given. Sorry about that. We do try really hard to give you what we think you want.
0: As my nine-year-old daughter often says, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Correct. Which but is I choice. still get upset sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing, listeners? Thanks for tuning in. This is the Traders in Business podcast. You would think after six years, we'd have some idea about how to intro these episodes. Uh, several, <laughs> we've done it, I don't know how many hundreds of times now. It's lots. Um, we are talking not about ums today, but about pulling your fingers out, Coxie.
1: You know, my grandfather used to pull that joke on me and I didn't really enjoy it.
0: Pulling your finger finger out. Pull my finger. Oh, pull my finger. Yeah. One of my uncles did the best version of the tip of his thumb coming off.
1: Oh, yeah. He was
0: so good at that. And then another one used to do the thumb between the fingers and you'd have a look and then he'd punch you in the nose. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, that was always, you got, when we were kids, that was dad stealing our nose and sticking it in his in between his hands. And I grew up thinking dad was, you know, dad, typical dad joker, but my kids used to cry because they thought that he'd really stolen their nose.
0: <laughs> Traumatising children everywhere since 1972.
1: Good on you, Gazza.
0: Uh, that's hilarious.
1: So start
0: lines, Coxie, I have been stuck so many times in my life wanting to make change, wanting to do something, wanting to get into something. And I've been almost paralysed for various reasons. And I don't think I've actually come up with a really definitive way to overcome that.
1: No, that's an interesting, wow, this episode could actually get really deep. I totally agree with you. I think about the multitude of things in my life that I've wanted to have a crack at, surfing, Pilates, uh, You know, there's too many to mention, but I don't really know what stops me from giving it a go. It's, it's got to be fear, obviously, of some description, but what triggers the fear?
0: Mm, I suspect so. Did you ever actually try the surfing?
1: Yeah, didn't go particularly well. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, I'm going to go back to it again. Um, that is a big resolution. So there you go. I've said on the podcast now. Now I feel like I can't not do it and share it publicly.
0: You also said you were going to write a book.
1: And... I have started off my back. <laughs> you, you're all. It's like you're collecting people to jump on my back.
0: I'm helping you, Nicole. This is this is what coaches do. I just increase the pressure until you crack and then you do something about it out of shame and guilt.
1: Oh, all our listeners that are considering, <laughs> even thinking about joining the trade desk or tradies and business in some form have just thought, oh, I don't want to work with someone that's going to put that much pressure on me.
0: I don't want that mongrel bastard picking on me and embarrassing me in front of everybody. And it's such a good point though because we build all that up in our heads, I think, and I've done that. So many times over the years, I I actually used to, uh, I don't like the term suffer. I used to live with incredible levels of anxiety through my teenage years and right into, to be honest, probably my thirties, Coxie, which was only just last week (laughs) and uh, stop laughing. So I found that so paralyzing in so many situations and it wasn't it wasn't the usual settings that you think of like speaking in public or being embarrassed in front of other people or dating or any of that sort of stuff. I mean, those things filled me with dread and uh, I didn't actually date. So I didn't have to worry about that one. I was a, <laughs> I, was a I was a late, late, late bloomer. And uh I also found it quite debilitating, even in work and business, because those settings requ- require us to pretty much continually grow personally, I think, and face things that we've never done before. You think about a I, I was a university graduate, went into a corporate role in a um, building supplies company because I couldn't stay away from the trades. And every day I just felt fear about the stuff I had to do and learn and about making mistakes. I was so worried about getting things wrong
1: Mm. and
0: making mistakes. And I had one boss who was a particularly nasty man who just made me feel like the size of an ant when I didn't know how to do certain aspects of my role. And rather than train me, I got punished by having to work back late to fix it up or figure it out for myself, and I think some of those early experiences really made it worse, to use a big word. They exacerbated it, and uh, I, as I said, Coxie, at the top of the episode, I don't think I've come up with a short, sharp answer, clearly, because was is waffling again, <laughs> on how to actually overcome that for people. I think maybe it comes back to what we were joking about is, you know, me shaming you into writing your book. But I think sometimes that external pressure can be positive yeah. as much as it can be negative.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Have you, like, why didn't you do the surfing thing?
1: It was fear of what others would think of me when I wouldn't know how to do it. So very similar to what you've just languaged, It's like um, not knowing how to do it, not you know what, it's, it all comes down to vulnerability. I have to be vulnerable enough to get out there, fall on my face, make a fool of myself, get up and try it again and again and again. And I was never um, comfortable with that vulnerability because it's a later life thing to me. I wasn't. I didn't grow up in a surfing family. We used to do it for sport at school, but that just really actually meant I sat on the beach for Wednesday afternoons. <laughs> um, but, my, you know, my brother surfed, but my dad didn't. So there was no family... environment in which to learn um so I've I've sort of come to it sort of I think I was probably mid-20s and thought this I really want to give this a crack this looks really beautiful like a great way to start your day and by then I was just so full of my self-imposed shame to be able to be vulnerable or to allow myself to be vulnerable enough to give it a go I was sitting in my own way there you are that comes full circle I just keep getting in my own way rather than Um, allowing myself to be vulnerable enough to try some of these things I get my own way it's no different than when I'm putting my head in the sand about my cash flow or uh, an issue with staff or team or something along those lines and I don't want to put myself in a position where I have to deal with it because I don't want to expose myself to be vulnerable to that process or those those potential mistakes I may have made or I don't know that just being that vulnerable can be super challenging. I think that's what it is. How do you make a change? Um, Best thing I ever did was many years ago I made a just say yes rule for the year and it totally changed my life, absolutely changed my life. It opened doors. I couldn't believe that it would open. Uh, we have a member, Amy Jones, I know you're listening. Hi, Amy, uh, who did something very similar last year, totally changed her life and changed their business and their family life just because they refused to get in their own way anymore. Mm. Um, but that's a hard rule to make yourself actually follow through on.
0: Because it still requires a personal agreement. You have to make an agreement with yourself to just say yes Hmm. And not then listen to the other voice in the head that says, yeah, but if you say yes, and it doesn't go well, imagine the embarrassment Hmm. or the loss or the pain or whatever else that we build up inside our own minds. I have seen a lot of people get stuck with this, not just myself, over the years as a coach and a mentor. And I've coached both in the business space and in the sporting realm. And it's it's fascinating to me coxie because as a coach i think i'm well i know i'm guilty of sometimes doing the whole just do it man or woman like just do it just get up and do it just make a choice and that's that's a bit sloppy from a coach's perspective that's and it's probably showing a lack of understanding and uh, empathy because I've been stuck in situations where I know what I should do. I know what I really, what I want to do. And yet I just seem to not be able to get going. I can't get off the start line. And it's that can't word that's really tricky because there is no such thing as can't. Uh, Unless you're talking about flying unaided to the moon without a pressure suit and a spacecraft, like, yeah, there's some things we can't physically do because of the rules of nature. But the stuff that we generally say can't about, it's not true. We're choosing not to, and that's okay. And I feel like for me, both for myself and clients that I've worked with over the years, even just acknowledging that we're choosing not to get started can be quite powerful. It, it mm. names it. And then it's like, okay, well, that doesn't make sense to choose that. So well, why am I not starting? Mm. Is this actually real? And how bad would it be if I just took one little step off the line and, and just moved off the start line a little bit. Cause I could always jump back, you know, maybe we can put a little safety strategy in place. Like no one really saw me start today. they? Uh, That was a really dodgy step. I'll just go back. And strategies like that can be quite helpful as well.
1: I uh, know what I've taught my children. Funny how it comes to you. One of the things I set out to do as a parent um, was expose my children to as many varied situations as possible so that they would always have a bank of time to draw on should they get into a situation they'd never been before. So that meant not shielding them. For example, on public transport where there might be a bit of um, kerfuffle or difficulties or at the football, not shielding them from some of that um, physical emotion that can sometimes happen at sporting venues. Or it meant allowing them the opportunity to come and pay for the train ticket and figure out how we got from A to B or, you know, just a, a wide varied bank of things that they'd never done before. So that as adults, they have the opportunity to think, okay, well, it can't be any worse than this. Or last time when I was in a similar situation, this happened. It's an emotional resource that I, as adults now, I see them use frequently and you can bring that straight back to these situations in which we don't uh, have the confidence to take the first step by seeking to understand what the first step looks like. So, in many of the cases that we're talking about, I could go online and find all the information about what learning to surf actually looks like. So I can mentally prepare myself before I put my hand up and say, okay, I'm ready. Let's go and get some lessons. I can find out what that person's process is, what they'll actually teach me, what the sessions look like, where it'll take place, what support I can ask for if I need any extra support because I'm feeling nervous or uncomfortable. Or same, even in my business, if I was going to do Uh, working through my cash flow or something and I knew that I didn't know it all, perhaps I could reach out to my accountant or my business advisor and just say, hey, I'm feeling really uncomfortable about my cash flow. I don't actually understand it. Um, I feel really silly that I don't understand it, but I'd really appreciate your support to help me understand that. Could you explain to me what that might look like? So that I have an understanding before I go so I can see that there is no room for shame. I don't need to be embarrassed. It's okay not to understand these things and allow myself to be supported, which gives me the space to actually step into that vulnerability, knowing that someone or something has got my back. It's not the worst case scenario. I'm catastrophizing it to be in my head. It's not going to look like that. It's actually going to look like ABCDEF. And Mm. then you'll get to the end of that journey. Mm. Um, I, th- I think that can be really beneficial when you're stuck.
0: Yeah. And uh, it relates to that Coxie that I've done with people over the years of, okay, so what you're focusing on now is worst case scenario, mm-hmm. or, you know, people talk about being devil's advocate. And it's like, well, that's great. That's also called being a negative Nancy. Mm. And so they're, they're valid considerations, and you should absolutely look at, well, what are the negative. The possible negative outcomes. What's the the greatest risk here? If you're fair and and honest with yourself, and do the other side of the ledger, and say, okay, well, what about best case scenario? Mm-hmm. And you and I have been doing that recently with some of the the things within our own business and uh, you know personal lives, chatting about some stuff that's going on. And so, like, okay, well, what's worst case and what's best case? Mm-hmm. And often when we look at the best case, like, wow, best case is freaking awesome. Worst case is I feel embarrassed. Best case is I make an extra 500 bucks a week for my family. I like the best case scenario a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, feeling uncomfortable because I have to, well, don't have to, because I choose to sit down with an underperforming team member and say, buddy. Uh, we need to have a chat. That is is incredibly paralyzing for a lot of business mm. owners, particularly blokes, I find. Mm. Uh, it's, it's incredible to me how many men struggle with that leadership conversation, with that assertive conversation around some of these things, picking up the phone and calling someone who owes you money for work that you've completed and materials mm-hmm. you've paid for and saying, hi. It's Warwick from Trades in Business. Uh, just give me a call to see how you're going with that invoice that was due three years ago. Mm. And that is so uncomfortable. The thought of the confrontation and the conflict is enough to stop people picking up the telephone. And yet the best case scenario is that you get that $10,000 invoice paid or maybe half of it. Or, you know, a middle path scenario is you get a 1000 bucks of it and that's enough to pay wages this week. Mm. And then you don't have to deal with that confrontation and conflict. So some of these things actually cascade in business especially. But I think if if you do a proper job of this, we're all really good at the worst case scenario and the catastrophization, as you said, Coxie. A lot of us could actually do a really, a much better job of, Adding in the other side of the ledger and balancing the books on, well, what's the best case? And then see if you can move a little closer to best case scenario. I
1: think it's important too to remember why we're doing what we're doing. Mm. I see with trade business owners frequently the disconnection between family and business Mm. and understanding that we've gone into business either to provide a better life for our family, to provide some flexibility for our family, to have a higher income for our family, and we forget that when we need to ring to get a bill paid or we forget that when we've got an underperforming team member or we forget that when we need to take on some extra support to understand our cash flow or whatever it might be in our business. We forget why we're doing this, why we're making ourselves vulnerable and taking that step to get the support that we need in one form or another. I forget why I want to learn to surf because it looks like fun and I'd like to be the cool mum for a change. Well, isn't that enough of a motivation to actually just pull my finger out and go and give it a crack? to me not. it is no well, it, might, it might not be yeah i guess for some business owners maybe well for some people full stop maybe that isn't maybe there's another reason they need to do so
0: yeah and that's that's the point i was hoping to make there coxie is maybe it's more than one thing maybe we say well that's enough of a reason and yet we're not moving so yeah. well maybe we need some more reasons maybe we need to think a bit more deeply about the impact this is having by staying stuck on the start line by not getting going. Uh, we talk a lot about about you, listeners. We get lots of feedback from listeners saying, yeah, I've been listening to the podcast for three years and I thought, oh, I thought it was finally time to join the Trade Desk or get in the group or get in touch with you guys about the business. And and we think, holy crap, imagine if you'd done that two and a half years ago. Mm. And not waited three years to talk to us. We all have our own threshold of how long we will tolerate things before we move off the start line. And that's what we're hoping to encourage you listeners is to look at where you're at. Look at where maybe you're you're a bit stalled on the start line and the engine's stalled. Maybe you need to get some people to give you a, a literal push off the start line and clutch start this baby and get it going.
1: It's a great point that you make. It Sometimes fear can be totally diluted by just having a conversation with someone else. And it might be, you know, if you're the trainee, have a conversation with your wife or your partner about your fears around taking on some help or support. Or have a conversation with a professional around what it actually looks like to do what they're doing. You know, could that actually be suitable for you? Or have a conversation with one of your other tradie mates about what they're doing and how they're getting the support or whatever it might be within their business to help them. I think the old adage, a problem shared is a problem halved, would be really valuable in a time like this Mm. to help uh, prevent the grip of fear.
0: Yep. And I just keep coming back to that idea that you're currently stuck somewhere in your life, in your business, whether it's with your health, your relationships, uh, your finances, maybe it's your staff, your systems, perhaps it's getting paid by you, your debtors, wherever it is, and there's something you're afraid of that keeps you there. Mm. Sometimes we can't even identify what it is. Mm. Most often the the worst case scenario is you'll be embarrassed you'll feel stupid you'll feel uncomfortable because of the conflict you'll get into an emotional argument with someone about something Um, none of that stuff is actually going to kill you or cause you physical harm look at the other side of things and it's it's almost like this invisible third aspect i talked earlier about the ledger and having having a look at well best case scenario but often we don't consider some of the not about us impacts of staying stuck. If I don't work on my health and I'm a dad and I've got health issues, I'm overweight, I'm lethargic, maybe emotionally I'm, I'm not feeling great and I'm angry all the time. If you stop and think about the impact that that's having on your, your family, on your kids, mm. sometimes that can actually be quite a good push start mm. to get you off the start line and going because – it's no longer just about you. It's about people other than you, something bigger than you that matters a lot to a lot of people. And I I'll be honest listeners. I've blackmailed a number of clients over the years <laughs> by rubbing their nose in the impact that some of their stuckness is having on their family. Mm. Cause I know if, if someone did that to me and I, it's actually been done to me by coaches over the years, very effectively It has got me moving and moved me through fear to take more action because I realize, even though I know it inherently, I realise that, Holy crap, this is really impacting my family. Hmm. This is, this means I can't go on a holiday with my, my family this year or my kid can't have something or, you know, I'm a miserable bastard when I come home and they're not getting the best of me. So, sometimes it's that sort of invisible third mm. impact that we don't consider. And as we've talked about Coxie, it's like, you know, gather up whatever you need to, to push you off the line and, and get you rolling. Cause once you get moving, then it becomes a lot easier. You know, you've been listening to the podcast for three years. You drop a message to Waz and Nick, you have a free chat with us. And next minute you're in the group and you're chatting to other people. It's like, Holy crap. I'm not alone. Mm. or you join the trade desk, or you just get in the free group and you post a question and you get an answer that actually helps you get moving. And things start to actually get a bit of a roll on from there. So fascinating stuff.
1: The snowball effect. And we want to know what little tiny snowball is in your life right now. What's holding you back? What are you not confronting or looking at or dealing with? Come and join us in the group. Tell us all about it. Reach out via DM if you like. We'd love to have a chat with you about where you're stuck. Maybe we can open the door to getting you unstuck. And it doesn't have to be by something we do. It might just be we can point you in the right direction to get the support that you need. Uh, We're here for you. You are not alone. And we have a group of amazing tradies that are also here for you to prevent you from feeling alone and to point you in the direction that they found to get support or help in areas where they were stuck in their lives. So today, this is your challenge. Be a little brave. Jump on out of your comfort zone. Come and join us in the group and ask a question or let us know where you're stuck.
0: Look forward to seeing you there.